With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes. It's a Monday afternoon and I'm delighted to be joined by James McKenzie and Amy Canavan after a hard-fought one on Saturday. Um, we'll be talking about that game, we'll be looking ahead to Wednesday's game and everything else 
in the world of Celtic. Before we get going, do you think we should announce who the guest is going to be at the Axon Live event in oh January? Because there's so much stupidity over it. Nobody there is. knows who it could be. God, you've kept this one so under wraps. You, you know what it is, Amy, right? When, when the VIPs come in, they're all going to be given a chocolate eclair. <laughs> That's why uh-huh. we posted the picture of the cake. Um, yes, we are going to be going live next year, 2023. You can come and uh, meet... Uh, those people that you only see on the little screens on your telephones or your tablets. Uh, and that's going to be happening in January. That's the first event up at Gracie's. I'm pretty sure you'll be aware of the place. It's a cracking venue. It's a really, really tremendous venue, actually. Um, and we will have a different guest every single month. So let me have a look. How do I do this now? Who could it possibly be? There we go. Let's have a look. Any surprise there? I am shocked. It is the bold Brian McClare who will be joining us on the stage at Gracie's and it's on the 20th of January 2023. Uh, Now you two will be far too young to remember Brian McClare but you'll be well aware of him Um, and the one thing that you will be aware of is the fact that um, he's got a tremendous sense of humour so we're going to be in for a few laughs on the night. Who would you like to see on that stage in 2023? I'll come to you first, Amy. Uh, Joe Ledley. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Joe Ledley would be a fantastic guest. He would be a fantastic be guest. Ah, I would think be brilliant. similarly to like Brian Clare, obviously he's got the, the podcast inside behind him now, um, or obviously still doing it, but like Joe Ledley's been doing a lot more uh, media work and I think he comes across great and that's not just my bias. Um, but no, I think he'd be brilliant. Um, and yeah, a few stories to be told for sure. He was at the club during a, an interesting time. Yeah, and absolutely uh, and successful time. Yeah, tremendously. Um, as you will see on the poster, it is sold out. We sold out six days after announcing it on the socials. We had been speaking about it, of course, on the Axon Bulletin. If you want to be part of a future event, then you can still click on the link and leave your details there, and we'll let you know when we open up the tickets for February's. What about yourself, James? Who would you like to see on the stage next year with Axon? I think about players with stories, maybe somebody like Aidan McGeady would be a pretty interesting one, it would be a hard shout because he's still playing. But I've seen him on podcasts like Open Goal and he's always got some good stories. Good shout, yes. There are a whole host of players who probably um, are at that stage where they're just about to start doing a little bit more media work. So we'll see what we can do. Um, But there you go, Brian McClare. I'm absolutely delighted that he'll be joining us uh, on the stage for a live show like no other because it's not just sitting down Q&A for an hour um, raffle auction and then guest speaks to audience it's going to be a wee bit different but you'll need to come along and find out what we mean by that um, okay Celtic 2 Motherwell 1 we're going to pick away at that result I'm going to start off with your th- yourself James Kyogo opens the scoring I've heard a lot of talk about Kyogo you obviously see it on social media regarding his form I'm a wee bit concerned it's got to be said that we don't seem to have enough backup when he, Yakimakis, or both are injured. Uh, it looks as though Yakimakis might be coming back for Wednesday. But I was having a wee look at his record this season. 
Um, after coming to us um, for £4.86 million, pounds, that's quite specific, um, coming in from Japanese football. So this season, he's made 10 appearances, scoring seven goals, which um, is a goal every 87 minutes when you look at the actual minutes on the park, which is astonishing. Last season, 33 appearances, 20 goals, five assists. So he was involved in a goal every 86 minutes. So what you can say about this guy, when he's on the park, Celtic will score a goal a game. Um, and again, he proved that. Again, it's not the most astonishing goal you'll ever see, James, but he was there at the right place at the right time. Is it a myth that he's off form when you look at the stats? Yeah, it's only really came in recent, sort of recently. This criticism of Kyogo, when you look at the last few games Celtic have played, Rangers, he comes off with the, the shoulder injury after, what was it, two minutes? Yeah, so he didn't really yeah. get a chance to make an impact there. In Real Madrid, he got, what, 20 minutes when we were already 2 or 3-0 down. And then the games he's played sort of in the league, he got was a hat-trick against Dundee Wright and including a phenomenal goal and he scored again today in a 2-1-1. It's, you're really nitpicking and really looking for something to complain about. It's, it's just frustration over sort of games where we're not completely blowing teams away. But you get these games sort of every season. You get a few of these games every season and it's people like to just pick a player to pick on and I think it's completely unwanted in my opinion I'd agree with that because I think that what we've seen from Kyogo last season and at the beginning of this season uh, Amy is someone who I, I think would be an absolute nightmare to play against for the you know a lot of the, the Scottish defences he was beating offside traps he was getting in about the uh, goalkeepers where they were taking a touch uh, I think there's going to be a goal this season, at least one goal where he catches the goalie out. And his performances for me have been as is. And I think when you look at the minutes on the park, you know, uh, this season, he's scoring a goal every 87 minutes. Last season, he's involved in a goal uh, being scored every 86 minutes. Um, my only concern really is the backup situation. As James said, there have been occasions this season and last where he's been injured. But what do you think about the furore over Kyogo. We'll come back to some of the other players who have been getting it tight since Saturday, but um, surely Kyogo um, has some credit in the bank as well. Yeah, it's not like a total crisis, is it? Um, I think James is spot on that, you know, it's still coming. You don't know how really fit he is because it is so, sort of niggling injuries every few games still, which is a concern, um, as you rightly said. But um, I don't think it's... I'm trying to like word this... Rightly, not even the fact that he's not being clinical enough. It's just almost that something's just maybe half a second, half a yard off at times. Um, I think you could see that at the weekend. You know, there was early headers, there was early runs, um, trying to break through the defence. It's just little, the, the finest, the details, um, and refining them really. Um, and you know, a little bit sharpness. Still, you know, we're still only just into October. Um, and I know some will say oh, well, it's three months in the season now, but our season did start later this year than any other, um, thanks to not having Champions qualifiers or any kind of European qualifiers. Um, so it's not an excuse, but I think it's just that, yeah, there's just a little bit of sharpness required, but I think that's across the team as well. Um, I don't think it is just Kyogo, and I think as Ange has always said, you know, it's not just relying on one man mm. to score the goals. Um, and again, I, I understand that's what you're saying, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, Asking Matt Riley to chip in, Maeda to chip in, Jota to, uh, to chip in as well. So um, I, I think it's a little, I think it's largely um, 
ridiculous. Uh, any sort of criticism that he's getting, you know, he's still getting in and around these positions is timing, yeah. I uh, saw a comment there that his timing's perhaps maybe off and that that's probably the best way to sum it up, but he's still getting into those positions. It's maybe just half a yard, half a second wrong either way. Um but you know, he still had a, a ridiculous amount of chances at the weekend and just yeah, just just not putting them away. But they will, they will eventually. Yeah, I mean there was one glaringly uh, obvious chance that he missed and we'll get into that because I've seen a lot of the comments over the last 48 hours James talking about um, you know had we taken our chances it'd be 4 or 5-1 no one would be worried about the defence I'm not so sure about that you know because I think after the game certainly if you're doing the Axom post-match as soon as that final whistle blows we're going live you're talking about what you've just seen unfold in front of you and it wasn't a fantastic performance so you can't really say that it is but one thing I would be really averse again to is um, the knee-jerk knee reaction of Kyogo's no good, Juranovic is no good, etc., etc., fill it in the blank. But if someone's played badly or if they've made mistakes, then you're going, you're going to have to discuss them. Um, I think Kyogo, my, my concern, as I said earlier, is at the moment he's the only striker. Yakimakis, we expect, will be back for Wednesday. But does this suggest... Do you think that we need another striker? And you know, I know Abada can fill in, Maeda can fill in, Haksabanovic can even play through the middle. And we've seen Yota playing through the middle, you know. I don't think he started there, but he certainly, you know, spent some time in that position. Do we need another striker? Are you happy that if those two guys are unavailable, we can get one of the wingers to step in? Well, obviously, it wouldn't be your most ideal scenario. I remember back in the summer, I was saying I was happy with the two strikers that we had already, but the same injuries sort of concerns that we had last season are starting to creep up again. Mm. And we're going to end up in a position where they're both injured and Leo Abada's playing for the middle or something like that. And you don't want to be in those positions. Maybe we should have signed a striker in January. Would would we sign a striker on loan in January? Maybe. But I'd say if you're looking ahead to the chance window, maybe going for another striker could be could be a possibility. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, there were those concerns last season. I remember the discussion we had and you were quite happy with what we've got. And I can see from the club's perspective saying, well, we've got three other guys who can play through the middle, but I don't think they've got the same clinical nature. I think we saw that when Maeda came in against Real Madrid and he's got that chance first couple of minutes of the second half. and. Yeah, exactly. And we know what happened there. So quite happy then the pair he is for Wednesday night for Kyogo to lead the line. If Yakimak is his fit, do you play him? How how will Ange play that? Start with yourself, James. Yeah, I'm I'd be fairly happy with Kyogo playing for the middle against Leipzig. If I remember the game against Leverkusen away, back when we played in the Europa League and Kyogo he was very good. I think he assisted uh, Jaws goal that put us 2-1 up so he's played decently against German teams in that sort of style of football his movement could be sort of very important for us against a team that plays a very high line so I would be very happy with Kyogo playing up front Yeah, what about yourself Amy? I mean the the chat is that Yakimakis will be fit for Wednesday night and the, the bigger concern is Cameron, Va- uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers who will come on to um, if both are fit who do you start with up top? I've been a, a long advocate of European games for, for Yakimakis, but I think James is spot on, you know, we saw a little bit of Leipzig um, recently and Marco Rosa is trying to play that slightly higher line um, and you can understand why in, in the German league. Um, so, yeah, I think for that reason, because of what you're playing against, I think it's perfect for, for Kyogo and I know we're talking about timing, so maybe it's um, a good time to get that 
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. On the ball, but uh, no, I think that he's a, he's the kind of player that can get in and around in his ball playing um, sort of tight positions is, is going to be more instrumental than than Yakima. I don't think that his physical game will will really suit um, or would fall into the hands rather of of Leipzig. I don't think that's the best way to break them down. But yeah, if he's fit, you're still wanting a good twenty minutes, half an hour out of him, no matter what, just to shake things up. Yeah, for sure. Jungle Lion, welcome back to the show. You're on the YouTube. Cameron Carter-Vickers has been a huge loss. I think that um, the last couple of games has identified just how pivotal he is, if we didn't realise it already. Um, but you go on to say, we just need one performance to click back into gear. And you know, I totally get that. I don't think we've become bad players or a bad team overnight. I just think it's that period of the season where you've gone a couple of games and we've really not been firing on all cylinders and what better time uh, to blow away the cobwebs than on Wednesday night against Leipzig. Durban Kulce comes in on the YouTube to say the best form of defence is attack. This has to be the motto for this game and I think that's um, a lot of the time that is what Ange Postecoglou's philosophy is. Paddy, yes, this probably came in before we showed the graphic of Brian McClare um, who is a special guest for January. It's going to be a great night. I'm really looking forward to it. And as I say, we like to do things a wee bit different. I know that there's probably another 20 broadcasts that look very similar to Axon, but when we did it back in the day, it was a wee bit different. And the live event is going to be a bit different as well. So come along in January and you'll see what we mean. And if you come in January, you want to come back in February to see how the thing progresses for sure. And be ready uh, to get involved. If you want, we won't force you, but you will get a chance to get involved with the guest as well. I want to move on to Juranovic because just before we came on live, James, you, you mentioned some of the um, the knee-jerk reaction on social media in relation to Juranovic, who all of a sudden has dropped down the pecking order behind Anthony Ralston, who's no longer good enough to be um, attracting interest from the likes of Chelsea. Amy and I obviously were on that Monday that, um, what's his face, Romano, Fabrizio Romano was telling us that Juranovic was on his way. We were all delighted that he didn't move uh, all of a sudden. Uh, after an own goal because I'll tell you what I'm failing to see what else in that performance was poor by Juranovic he was one of the most um, play, the players with the most intent on that park you look at some of the things he did he hit the bar just before the own goal on 34 minutes uh, he shoots over on 57 minutes he lines up Maeda in the 13th minute and he lined up O'Reilly on the 56 so two goal scoring opportunities and two chances created by a right back yeah, because there's a mishap at the back, um, the world goes off its head about Juranovic not being a good player anymore. All a bit over the top, I thought, James. 
Yeah, he was unlucky not to be on the score sheet for us instead of the own goal when he hit the crossbar for the free kick. But as I was saying earlier on, it was a frustrating performance. It was a hard game to watch. So people just still need to vent out their frustrations after a game like that. And unlucky for Juranovic, he was the one that made the error which led to the Motherwell goal. So it seems like all the frustrations been taken out on him. But I thought it was, apart from that mishap, a pretty composed performance. I thought he was fairly solid at the back for us and he was unlucky not to get himself on the score sheet. Uh, but I think if we look ahead to the game against Leipzig during the week, I would be still be starting Josip Juranovic. I think error like that, a moment of madness shouldn't be enough for him to be dropped from the Celtic team. So to say, I would still have him in. You know the biggest challenge just before I come to yourself, Amy, that I think he's faced um, this season uh, was against Shakhtar Donetsk. I think he was up against a player who, you know, in three or four years' time, we're going to see him at one of the big guns, I think, in European football, Mudrick. And um, people going about him being burnt that night. Yeah, he was burnt for the goal, but I don't think over the piece that he had a bad game that night as well. But, you know, this is something Alan Morrison um, brings up quite a lot of the time where as football fans, as amateur fans, we seem to remember the really positive or the really negative rather than the entire performance. And I don't think Juranovic played too badly against Shakhtar and I don't think he played too badly against Motherwell. As I say, he was fully intent. He gave us a lot of attacking options. Um, And, you know, when I see Juranovic making that burst down the right-hand side, I think that he can completely change the tempo of our play. And he did that a number of times uh, on Saturday. My view on Juranovic has not changed. Has yours, Amy? God, no. Um, I don't even know if he's particularly at fault for that either. And I'm not saying, you know, um, we'll come on to Joe Hart, I'm sure, as well. But I do think if anyone's in the wrong in that situation, it's Hart. Because if he's coming out, well, one, he should be shouting and making sure that Juranovic and all in front know that he's coming out for it and that he's not still um, on his goal line where Juranovic obviously thought he was. And it's just a complete freak moment. You know, it's not... Like, it's not even a, a terrible piece of play or anything like that. It's, it's a genuine freak moment that happens once in a hundred games. Um, it's actually a really nice chest down as well. It's probably one of the best goals you'll score. Um, but it's not, yeah, it's n- not worthy of, you know, it's not like a, it's not even, a, I don't even think it is a lapse in concentration because like I say, I do think that Joe Hart should be controlling and commanding his area a little bit more and Juranovic should be under no you know, two doubts where Joe Hart is. Um, and obviously, if he has came flying out like that, he should be screaming. And he's a vocal guy anyway, so there's not a lot of excuses for that. Um, so, yeah, I think it is a massive overreaction to Juranovic. He'd be a huge loss, and that's even me being Tony Ellison's biggest fan. Um, but the zip that Juranovic has on, on his passes, the, the speed that he gets up and down the byline, you know, he's worked great at second to none. I don't know many, probably other than Rio Tati, who actually work harder than him in a game. You know, he is up and down that wing um, and in timely fashion. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's crazy... There's just no way he's getting dropped, to be honest. There's just not. No. And as much as I love Ralston as well, I, I, I can identify that Juranovic, uh, in terms of his overall uh, attributes, is a better option. Um, there are going to be times this season where you think, this is a game for Tony Ralston and he'll come in and perform the way he does. But Juranovic is the, the first pick and should also be the first pick on, on Wednesday night. Um, talking about work rate there as well, we will come on to Rio Atati because you know I think his season so far has been sensational, but there was a wee blip 
at the weekend as well, and one that he apologised for. But we've brought up so Joe Hart. Hattati, do you know what I mean? I like know. they drop Hattati, they're both kind of scenarios. And actually, who's who's actually at fault, so to speak, more in their in those individual sort of circumstances? It's crazy. You're just not dropping either, are you? Exactly. I think what we put the the goal down to, and we're going to speak about Joe Hart, is is basically it's poor communication, isn't it? I mean, as you say, Juranovic brings it down really well. And it's a simple wee chest back to the goalie. If the keeper picks that up, you're thinking, what a tremendous piece of defensive play that was under, you know, you know, really cool, uh, a cool head by Juranovic. But there's no communication. Joe Hart thinks that he's going to leave it, so he's running behind him and he's he's planning to throw the ball um, and, and trying to get an attack started. So it was just really, really bad communication, whereas um, the Hatati situation, obviously, it's, a, it's an error. It's an error that's all on him. Um, it's resulted in our captain getting sent off and he'll need to serve a ban for the sending off. We'll talk about the sending off as well. And he's apologised in the dressing room, isn't he? Which is um, something a lot of footballers, I think, they'll he either be wallowing. He's going to be so remorseful, isn't he? He's going to be like absolutely devastated. And in a darkened room watching it on loop, <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> Must not do it. Well, the thing is, though, if you're, if you're looking at that, that pass, just on the back of it, look at that pass against Real Madrid from Juranovic's throwing, which was doing the rounds on social media as well, where he's just first time rattled the ball and completely changed the the whole shape of the game by by crossfield uh, passing the way that he does. Joe Hart, though, two things I want to talk about. First thing is the goal, of course. Is it not about time? Uh, by the way, James, what I would say, you know, losing a goal like that under those circumstances, you want to do that in a 2-1 win against Motherwell at home. You know, you don't want to be talking about this on Thursday in the bulletin because we've just done it and, and sold the jerseys against um, Leipzig on Wednesday night. So that that's squared away and we can move on from it. But you hope that we do learn from it. Are, have you any concerns about the commanding nature um, or lack of over the last couple of games of Joe Hart? Yeah, Dan was going to make the point earlier on. I, I thought Hart was fairly solid coming to collect the ball from crosses. That's why that sort of error from... Juranovic and Hart that led to the goal was so shocking because Hart was collecting the ball very well. But then again, even in the St Mirren game, when we lost 2-0, sadly, um, Joe Hart it should have came for a few of the crosses in those games as well. But it seems like some games he does come and get the ball and he does pretty well, but then other games he doesn't. It's, it's, just, it's just really confusing. Mm, I mean, again... I've seen the reactions, Amy. Seagrist in, drop heart, all this kind of stuff. It was happening straight in at the, the full-time missile. And then you see it on the socials as uh, Saturday turns into Sunday. And I thought to myself as well, right, OK, well, I'm not dropping Kyogo, I'm not dropping Juranovic, I'm certainly not dropping Hart. Um, I just think it's knee-jerk. He's a guy that, going into the Champions League, as we are on Wednesday, um, I'd need to actually compare his games against Callum McGregor's. He's one of the most experienced players we've got at that level and in that competition. Um, when you look at his international pedigree, you look at the influence that he has on the team as well. But I just think in the last couple of games, and I don't know if it's because you know the, the defence has been getting changed up a bit and he doesn't have that same consistency in front of him, Amy. Last couple of games, he's been a bit off it. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Is it just a temporary blip in Joe Hart's performances? Or do you think there's something deeper he needs to be more commanding in the six-shard box? Um, I think you put the nail on the head. I think as much as we speak about, you know, that defenders want that continuity with their 
goalkeeper behind them, it'll be exactly the same the other way around, especially when you've got a goalkeeper who is in the latter stages of his career and has been asked to start playing out from the back, playing a high line, literally playing as a another centre half. Um, and if he's not got those two guys that he's formed such a, you know, last season we spoke so much about that triangle, the triangle of Starfelt, Carter, Vickers and Hart. And now you've only got the tip of that triangle and you've got a guy in Stephen Wells, yes, he'll obviously know because he's at least been at the club and, um, been within the system, but you know, Rich Jens has only been in, is just still in the door, so he's still familiarising himself with you know stronger foot and where he likes to pick up the ball and what kind of runs he likes to go on. So it is that has to be a, a key part of it. Um, I don't think it's time to bring in Benji Segrist just yet. I think that's another um, slight overreaction. I feel there's been a lot of them, you know, and I think there's just a lot of overreaction just from the game in general. You know, it wasn't a terrible game. As James said, rightly so, it's one of those that, you know, they are league-defining wins, scrappy-ish wins. I know we were all wanting a huge response after St Mirren and, you know, nobody more than, than me. Um, but that's that's what we spoke about, that it was so tough that we had that international break coming at the worst possible time because you weren't getting that immediate response. So there was a lot of build-up to it being, you know, this is going to be an absolute route from Celtic and it's going to be 5-6-7 and Motherwell mm. won't know what hits them. But this is a Motherwell side as well who you can see they stuck to their game plan and since Stevie Hamels came in they are very defensive minded and you understand why. Um, and you know they made it difficult but Celtic still managed to break them down and if if they're more clinical you know it's easily 5-6 you know Kugo could have had a hat-trick, Abada should have finished late on even when we're down to 10 men. Um, yeah. As you see O'Reilly could have had um, a goal or two. Hatati's uh, Hits it, hits the crossbar. There's a post as well. You know, there's a good few chances in there, and that's just right off the top of the head. So it wasn't a dreadful performance, and there's no need for you know a new a new goalkeeper, a new midfielder, and a new right back to all come in. Um, it will click. Yeah, it maybe didn't click, but Celtic still saw it out. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Um, and yeah, you know, there's moments in the game that could have changed that prior to the, the red card. Um, you know, there's there's penalty calls, claims, um, and you know, and if just one of those chances go in from, like you say, the, the head to kill or whatever it may be, nobody's stressing and nobody would dare think, right, we should maybe drop hard, we should maybe drop Patty, and we'd all be laughing about this, Juranovic, because it is, it's a bit of a laugh. It's just one of those crazy situations, you know. It's not like I say, it's not like a terrible piece of play or anything like that. Hatati's is more the switch off, but yet he was still played at the match, mm-hmm. um, and rightly so, because you're still man of the match, so. Yeah, a little bit of an overreaction, I would say. Yeah, without a doubt. Let's get some of the comments uh, up on the screen. Tam, Mac, Paddy, I'm the special guest. Well, Tam, if you're at the gig, you may well be on the stage with the special guest, that's for sure. And Keith O'Octon, as he does on a regular basis, is joining us from Plymouth. It's sunny in your avatar. Is it sunny where you are? It certainly isn't up here in Dalkeith, that's for sure. Uh, and 
Doom and gloom. Yeah, let's make sure it isn't doom and gloom on the, the Axon Bull. And Michael Ross, slightly panicking about Wednesday, to be honest. Well, we will be talking about the fact that they seem to be rejuvenated uh, to RB Leipzig. But um, I, I keep thinking uh, that, you know, the St Mirren and Motherwell games, we've got them out of our system. Let's, you know, it's not going to turn into something where we, we can't get out of the, the kind of rut. We've got them out of our system and hopefully we will see the real Celtic under Ange Postecoglou on Wednesday. Brown Warrior, also the resurgence of Leipzig's form makes it a triple whammy going into these games. Wouldn't be Celtic in the Champions League if it was easy. Absolutely right. And uh, we have been looking back at some of the previous European games uh, on the Axom Social, some of the games that we've been looking at, things like Germinal Eckerin from 1991, Cologne, where we were able to turn around a 2-0 deficit and win at Celtic Park. That was Kev Graham's first European game, I think. Uh, the Cologne game uh, Borussia Dortmund all these big names and yeah we will eventually have to cover Neuchâtel Zamax as well because uh, it did happen unfortunately Paddy Lavery wants to see Monty on the stage well if he's in the crowd and there is a chance he might be then he can nominate himself whether or not Brian McClure chooses him is another matter so we will see what happens on the night we've been talking a wee bit about Hatate. Uh, I think he scored a fantastic goal in the 63rd minute on Saturday, it was a match winner. Uh, but of course, the poor pass to McGregor um, is something that we've also discussed. Only 24 years of age. I had to double check this. We paid apparently under 1.4 million quid for this guy, you know, um, from Kawasaki Frontale. Now, this season, eight games he's played, last season, 21. Sometimes we overlook the fact that, in terms of his Celtic career and overall his senior career, he's fairly inexperienced. James, so he's making mistakes. He's making the kinds of mistakes that an 18 or 19-year-old might be making when they've made like um, the, the amount of appearances that, that Atati has made in senior football. And I think when I'm watching him, though, that I have been concerned about the likes of Juranovic with interest in the player from Chelsea, apparently. We've had O'Reilly with interest from Newcastle and Leicester. The one I'm worried about is Hattati because I just think that when it comes to the crunch, when we're playing the likes of Real Madrid or we're playing Leipzig on Wednesday, he's really going to show up as the real deal. And he's the one that I'm concerned about. And when you look at that transfer fee, it's absolutely laughable. It's daylight robbery that we got this guy. How big is he on Wednesday night for us? He's an absolutely phenomenal player. As you mentioned earlier, he's still fairly experienced the way Japanese football works in the university system. But he will be absolutely integral if Celtic want to get anything for the game against Leipzig. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal against um, Motherwell at the weekend. I thought, despite that pass back to McGregor, that was a big mistake, obviously, but he scores an absolute thunderbolt that inevitably wins us the game. Mm-hmm. So you would be you'd be very hard to criticise him. You're not going to look back on this on that Motherwell game in January and be absolutely raging because Hattati missed that pass back to McGregor. It was really lively as well. And you saw in the game against Shakhtar Donetsk away, it was his play that got us the goal. And it was probably, for me, our best player on the day, our best player in the midfield at least. So he'll be very, very important if you want to get it. I would be, I don't know how you feel about the game against Leipzig, but I would take a draw. I think the home games are the games where that are must win. I think we could afford to just get a draw in Leipzig. I would, listen, 
I asked the question after the game there, and it wasn't because of the the couple of bad performances, but I think, Amy, that under the circumstances, yeah, earlier on in the season, they got hammered by Shakhtar Donetsk. We know that. We know that since then there's been a managerial change, but there's also been a change in fortunes. And I think, Amy, if we were to go into that game and come away uh, from Germany with a point, then you are thinking, well, it's two away, tricky away games that we've got something from, and then you're hoping to get something from the, the home ties against Shakhtar Donetsk and RB Leipzig. What about Hatati then? What, what's your thoughts on um, the part he is going to play, not just domestically, but in Europe? And on the one hand, you're delighted that that's going to happen, but the minute you're starting to put yourself in that short window, you're not talking Leicester or, or Brighton or Newcastle. I think you're talking much bigger clubs will be interested in Hatati. Yeah, God, yeah, the, the interest is going to come and, you know, it's going to be um, pretty much like every club wanting an post to call right now. It's, going to, it's just going to keep coming, but it's, you just got to take his flattery, um, you know, and if you're doing it on the biggest stage, which you want them to be doing, um, it's just part and parcel with being where Celtic are in the sort of food chain of European and world football. Um, I, it's just one of those that you've just got to enjoy while we've got him because he is an outstanding talent. Um, and God, the, the world really could be his oyster because the way that he can control a game, um, his his passing ability is unbelievable, and I think that's something that he will love as well. So yeah, the passing ability is unbelievable. There was a slap pass at the weekend, but he's also got you know that pass that is rightly doing the rounds since the Real Madrid game, the first time pass from the Iranovich throwing. You know he has that in his locker, and he's willing to try that. You know who has the audacity to try that? As as inexperienced as he is. Um, you know, first taste of that kind of level of football, and he pulls that out. Um, you know, it's, it's terrific. It's you know, so if he's doing that on his first, what's he going to do after a little bit of confidence and a little bit more comfortable? Um, he can do whatever he wants, and as we saw at the weekend, he's got a mean strike on him as well. And that's not the first time. You know, anytime you see him kind of roaming around that area, I can't believe that there wasn't actually a man, a Motherwell man, tighter to him. There's one who's just it's just nowhere near close enough. You know, you're giving him half an inch and you know he's he's going to be at least on target or in and around um, and the striking range is, is unbelievable and it was a beautiful strike as well just the way that it dipped and, and nestled in the net um, you know it's such a, a tremendous strike so it's just one of those you've just got to enjoy it there's so much of that and so much of those type of players within the Celtic side right now but um, you know you can look too far in the future and get quite down about it but I think you've just got to enjoy it in the moment um, and you know who knows under Ange Postecoglou how long he can keep these sort of guys. Yeah, I mean the, the one thing that's cropped up, and we will be speaking at some point with uh, Liam, who we think is our uh, resident expert in Japanese football, is the fact that we've gone all this time, and you could kind of like bookend the the legendary figure of Nakamura with the the four. Japanese players that were brought in, three of whom have made a, a massive impact so far. Um, Kyogo and Hitati in particular, I would suggest, although Maeda obviously is um, a, a really important player for Ange as well. And you asked the question, well, Nakamura leaves Celtic in 2009 and we, we don't bring these guys until 2021. All the talent that must have existed in Japan within that period that we could have tapped into, but we didn't. And we could have tapped into it um, at the kind of prices that we're talking when you when you look at the prices that uh, we've actually paid for the four players we've got. So it is something that we will be discussing with Liam, and Liam might be able to tell us some of the success stories, the what-if stories um, had Celtic kept that interest in a Japanese market. Because you're not telling me that there hasn't been decent players since 2009. 
2009 when Nakamura left the building. Ridiculiser, I don't know if it's a tactical thing, but Kyogo's pressing is nowhere near what it was last season. The only thing I can think of, I don't know if you agree or disagree with this, James, is what Amy was saying there about a kind of fitness thing, and I'm also going to relate that to the fatigue of the international situation when these guys play international football. You know, they're not sitting on a plane for a couple of hours. It's it's a big deal. It's like when we had Tommy Rogic and, you know, when he's playing for Australia, there was always that thing that he's going to come back potentially with an injury, but also potentially with a bit of fatigue because of the travel and all this kind of thing. Do you think that plays into it as well as the niggling injuries that Hugo's had, James? Uh, I, I don't know. I think you would be really nitpicking if you're going to criticise him for something like that. I'd say if there's anything to criticise Hugo about, it would be maybe the amount of chance that it takes from to get a goal. Again, his goal-scoring record is brilliant. As you mentioned, but it's 86 minutes per goal. That's absolutely phenomenal, but he still misses loads of chances. It was the same last season. He was our best player up until January, but the amount of chances he gets, it could have been on double that. That's just the way Kyogo is. If he's going to get us the goals, that's fine. But I'd say, if you're going to criticise him on anything, I'd say maybe his movement and maybe looking off the mark, I don't think he has. I think... He's been as solid as ever up front for us. Yeah, I mean, Amy, what, what's your thoughts on it? I, it is incredible. I used to just do appearances and goals, but then I heard that Alan says that the, the, the metric that you use is the minutes. Um, and then you start looking at Kyogo's performances and you think, wow, if he's on the pitch, we'll score a goal. That You know, the low averages over last season and this season. Um, but, you know, do you think he's he's changed his play? Is it, is it down to the fact that, you know, he has had some bad injuries since he came to Celtic and he's had a couple of niggly injuries this season but also the international football may play into it what's your thoughts? Um, I don't actually know which is a really great answer um, I'm trying to think like I don't I don't think it's at least you didn't I'm, say that's a really good question because you know that that's somebody just trying to think of an answer it's um, I don't think it has been as intense as last season I don't know maybe is it in his mind that you know, one burst and his hammy could go. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure, but I don't think it's been noticeably, like, totally and utterly less. Um, I'm really yeah. doing well here. Because uh, this is why it's kind of thrown me, because I don't think that it is, like, I don't think it's totally, I, I've not went, oh, wow, he's really not, like, trying to break through the defence and really pressurising the goalkeeper as much. I also think, you know, as with any player, you know, that's a year now that opposition defenders have had Kyogo, like, and being able to sort of like figure out how he plays um, so you're going to try and block runs and you're going to not play out from the back as much and you're just going to get the ball away because you know that's what he's going to want to do um, so I think you've got to give a little bit of credit elsewhere as well but no I don't think it's a concern and the fact that I couldn't even think of it I think it shows it's certainly not a concern for me so maybe it should be a concern you talked your way out of that pretty I did, well. That's, honestly, I I'm a really, really good journalist. Um, <laughs> You'll go far. Danielle, um, you're in. Welcome back. He's not clinical enough this season. I think the same could be said about Celtic as a whole. I mean, there's been occasions I thought we were clinical against Dundee United, obviously. You know, there's been games against Ross County and, and uh, Rangers. But I, th- I just think recently, but then again, even when we're scoring a lot of goals, you know, People were mentioning on Axom that Kyogo could score even more because, you know, he was scoring a goal, but he was getting two or three chances in a game as well. So that's that's something that I see coming up time and time again. I was looking at this, Michael, this morning. 
Um, one thing I've noticed about Ange, he's quite cagey about injuries, isn't he? He doesn't give much away. And I remember the Leverkusen last, um, the Leverkusen game last season at Celtic Park. We were all sitting waiting at the park, and then McGregor and and you know Kyogo start the game, and I think we were, most of the stadium were a bit stunned by that. Fair play to him, by the way, because why give any kind of margin to your opponent by letting them know who is and isn't fit? Um, but it would appear, Michael, that the concern. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. ...is on Carter Vickers and that Yakimakis um, is far more likely to be fit. But again, who knows? Who knows that the, uh, when it comes to Ange as to what the situation is going to be and how much of that is mind games. Ian McMillan reckons too many of our fans jumping on the players' backs on Saturday. It was very evident and just doesn't help. I mean, there were some people who tuned into our post-match who thought we were a wee bit harsh on Welsh and Yates. So that leads us on nicely to the Central Defensive Partnership. And what I would say about this is that I think, looking at both players, you know, you've watched the, the, the progress of someone like Stephen Welsh coming in as a young guy getting thrown in really at the deep end for that Rangers game, remembering Neil Lennon's last last season in charge. I know it wasn't Welsh's debut, but it wasn't ideal throwing him in. I think uh, there was an issue, uh, obviously, at that time with quite a few injuries that we had. Clamalla started that game as well. Where is he now? He was doing all right last time I heard. Um, but, you know, I look at Welsh and I remember speaking to someone who's involved in youth football saying that this kid is a real, real prospect. He's got the distribution. Um, and the thing that I think he's lacking at the moment, a wee bit of confidence, but it doesn't help when people jump on his back, totally get that, is the aggression. And and I watched that game against Motherwell, James, right? And there's there's Van Veen and there's Louis Malt, right? Who are very good players at, at this level in, in Scotland. But I just think that... It, this is the type of player he really needs to boss. He needs to boss that type of player because he's going to be up against them time and time again. Um, and the minute you don't is when I think other managers uh, identify that as some kind of a weakness. And I think within the first 20 minutes of the game, there's a cross comes in from the right-hand side and he's beaten to it far too easily for me. And the way they attacked the ball, he was always going to be second to it because his body shape's all wrong. His weight's on the back which means he's leaning back. He's not actually um, approaching the ball in flight in the, in the right uh, body position. And I think that's a, a a part of his game that he needs to improve. See, when he's got the ball at his feet and he goes for a run with it, IRS-esque run, and he does that a lot to try and turn defence into attack, he looks very comfortable. I think distribution-wise, he's definitely better than Jens. But as a partnership, I'm not convinced with those two together. Now, we'll get on to Carter Vickers and his importance, but just as a partnership, I just don't think there's a leader between the two of them. Yeah, that's the second game in the league in a row where a physical striker has bullied them, essentially. Curtis Main 
done it to good effect for St Mirren and where they got the 2-0 win. And Kevin Van Veen done the exact same thing to Stephen Welsh at the weekend. I've never been Stephen Welsh's biggest admirer, but I think he's a very good passer out from the defence. But again, Van Veen, he caused him so many problems. I even thought he looked pretty hesitant with his passing out against um, Motherwell, which that's one of his best qualities. But some of the sort of runs, as you were saying, like Ayer, able to sort of turn us to attack again in distribution. But when you're looking to the Leipzig game, you've got to hope Cameron Carter-Vickers is fit. You've got to hope he's back because he is the main man in that Celtic defence. You can see how much confidence the rest of the team gets when Cameron Carter-Vickers, yeah, the presence he has, you can notice when Cameron Carter-Vickers isn't in that defence. There's no one yeah. there that's as good as him. So you're really hoping that he'll be back. I thought Maurice Jens, I thought he was the worst out of the two against Motherwell, not Motherwell, Smirin, sorry. But I thought he'd done his job stepping out from the defence well. Some of his passes were maybe a bit off, but you would be nitpicking. I thought out of the two of them, maybe Welsh was the worst. And if you look at the St Mirren game, I thought Stephen Welsh was maybe the one that was a bit worse off. You know, first game of the season, Welsh gets the nod, he scores the goal against Aberdeen. He was brilliant that day. He really was. And what I was trying to identify is the way we play the game with regards to the, the amount of ball that the two centre-halves get every single game is because, obviously, we start from the back and it's part of this mantra that, that Ange Postacoglu has and Joe Hart plays it a lot to his centre-halves. But I don't think the distribution of Jens and Welsh is similar to the, let's say, the Starfelt and Carter Vickers distribution in that Welsh tends to get the ball and go go for a, a jog with it. By the time he's made his his uh, his distance up, the players who are normally getting into positions and creating a bit of space have been closed down. So then the options aren't there. If that's Carter Vickers, he's just getting the ball and he's quickly moving it on. Starfelt doesn't keep the ball much, thankfully, <laughs> and he moves it on uh, very, very quickly as well because I, I don't think it's his best asset, Starfelt, with the ball at his feet. So he gets, it, he gets it and he moves it on. And I think that the minute you take that extra touch, two touch, and in Welsh's case, several touches, then the move and the intensity of the move, which is what Angie's play is all about, breaks down. And and that's why I don't think we've been as fluid. So even when you've got your strongest midfield in front of you, which we did on Saturday, it's not as effective because they're not getting the ball as quick. He's also not missing out the, the midfield for the wingers as quick as the other two, the first choice, uh, two at the back. So I'm going to ask you a simple question. Um, would you be happy with those two on Wednesday night, Amy, starting the game? And because of the situation we're in this season, and we've been in that situation last season, do we need a centre-half in January to come in? I don't think I'd be happy with the two of them uh, on Wednesday, purely because I just, like, it's really boring, but I totally agree with everything you've just said. I'm just, like, feeling myself nodding along, because, um, which makes for a great podcast. But it is, it's just, there's just a lack of zip. You know, and it's just that little bit slower, and it's quite lethargic, and you get huffy. You get huffy watching Celtic in Europe anyway because it's usually not going well, and it's just because it's just like, oh, come on, and it's that it's just like that. Right, let's get going. But that's even worse and even slower with um, with Jens and and Welsh, and it's not necessarily their fault, but it's just not the way that they both play at their best. Um, 
and it's a bit confusing as well because you know when Jens first came in and we saw those cross diagonal balls picking out Juranovic who was making that run all the way up the, the other end of the, of the of the pitch uh, and you know Welsh is, as James said has got one hell of a pass on him he's got an eye for a pass and he can really ping it around but you just didn't see that at the weekend enough and or as you say when you did you know Jota was already man marked Maeda was man marked and you're just like well it's the moment the moment has literally passed now. Um, so it's just a little bit slower and a little bit more lethargic. So that's the worry because you're going to have a Leipzig side who are rejuvenised. Um, and, you know, it's. I think the minute the draw was made, I said it to you, and that's without even the, the Shakhtar um, camera. In. I was like, this is going to be the worst time for us having them in the double header because I didn't think their manager would have been sacked quite so soon because I didn't see the Shakhtar result coming. But you knew he'd be gone by the time Celtic had this double header. Um, because it was just, it's been a downward spiral at Leipzig, so it was always coming, and it was always going to be, you know, right, look, the longer they can kind of hold on to this really inept manager, really, um, and the better, because they've brought in a top-class guy in, in Marco Rose, and, you know, they're going to, that's the ideal what they're wanting to play against, a side who are a bit slow at the back, a bit passive with it, with it sorry, and they're just going to totally, you know, be on t- what we're asking Celtic to be right now, you know, Hugo pressing and being on top and putting the defence under pressure. That's just what Leipzig will do, and it's what any good side would do against the centre-half pair and who, you know, as James says, you've had two league outings with them, so you've got two catalogues or two games to watch back in the catalogue, and that's what you're going to take out of that, is how slow that they're being against, yeah, Curtis Main, who I thought was very good against um, Celtic, but Van Veen and Malt didn't even actually need to be very good. You know, Malt's not the quickest, but he was still, you know, getting in and around. Um, so, yeah, it is a little bit of a concern. So let's just pray to God that Carter Vickers is fit. Absolutely. That that seems to be my response to everybody that's uh, mentioning the defensive situation on the Facebook group. If you haven't joined that, by the way, get involved. 20,000 and growing on Facebook, Axom. Strachan's laptop doesn't get much mentions this season, does it? Can't rush. Yakimak is back. Made that mistake last season with Kyogo, who hasn't been the same since. Um, you reckon, well, I'd, I would rather not rush him back. You're absolutely right. And I think that's why moving into uh, January, we probably will be looking at centre half maybe a centre forward to, to strengthen it as well and I've seen someone commenting earlier on if we were to uh, move McCarthy on because he seems way out of the picture it frees up the wages to maybe bring one of those players in as well now James Miller comes in to say Maeda was brought in as a striker yeah Liam talks about Maeda as a, as a centre forward in Japanese football James uh, where he was very effective but I don't really know what his best position is well that's interesting as well because he's another one his game's all about um, energy and it's about you know closing people down um, but often we've seen him in front of the goal you know, and he doesn't seem to have that instinct so it's interesting that he was a centre forward he was brought in uh, as a centre forward having played most of his senior career in that position but I, I kind of view him more as a winger um, and I don't know if, if you would agree with that James what's your thoughts on Maeda? Yeah, it's strange because for the Japan team I'm pretty sure Maeda's preferred up front to Kyogo which if you were to speak to most Celtic fans, they would very much disagree with you. But I thought Maida against against Motherwell, he was fairly lively. thought he used his pace very smartly. thought he got the better of his marker quite a lot. In the second half, he slightly fell off, but Ange, he recognised that. He made the change. He brought on a badder. For me, I see Maeda as a winger. There's been far too many big chances that we've seen him miss, and they always seem to fall in big games as well. The Real Madrid one, 
mm. was maybe sort of the nail in the coffin for him being a striker. But you could maybe say the miss against Shakhtar as well. But I, th- I thought it was fairly solid against Motherwell. I think the wing is his place. I've made the point quite a few times in the podcast. I don't think he's good enough on the left to force the shot out onto the right. I think he should be putting Maeda on the right to accommodate Jota on the left. Mm. But that's just my opinion. I, yeah, I see Maeda as a winger. Yeah. You know, the thing is as well, you've mentioned a lot of guys there like Jota. We've not, we've not mentioned Jota because he's had a real purple patch this season, Amy. Um, but it's like they're taking a shot at the mantle, right? Kyogo's excellent for a few games. Hatati's brilliant. O'Reilly's brilliant. Jota's brilliant. But if that clicks and it all comes together, um, then we could go out there on, on Wednesday night and do exactly what Gary Madden is suggesting and winning away in Europe. Um, listen, I think if if you know Carter Vickers is back in the side, that, that gives everybody in there a boost of confidence. And I think that includes Joe Hart. Despite everything he's achieved in the game, to have Carter Vickers uh, running about with, without actually moving his arms, you notice that it's just his legs that move. And it doesn't even look as though he's breaking a sweat. And he's got a great turn of pace, Carter Vickers. Um, deceptively fa- fast uh, over a 20-30 over a yard uh, kind of space as well. I think the minute that team comes out, if he's in it, will all be a little bit more buoyant and hopefully Gary Madden is right. Now, I don't know if you're any relation to uh, Bobby Madden, but let's talk about referees for a moment. And I'll come to you, you yourself, Amy, and we'll try to be as balanced as possible on this one. Right? Did you like that? No. That bridge into the sending off, um, the penalty, was it, wasn't it, and everything else that happened on the day. Uh, John Beaton is uh, a referee that I don't rate at all. I think he's very poor. Um, I think one of the biggest issues that a lot of Celtic fans have had that I've certainly seen on the socials is you compare the Ross County at Ibrox decision against McGregor against uh, Motherwell on Saturday and it's it's laughable, right? By the way, I think, personally, I think both of them are red cards, but it's laughable the, the level of inconsistency that you see. Um, Callum McGregor playing the captain's role, Amy taking one for the team, all these other cliches. Uh, he done what he had to do. But the argument that I was having with Colin, who can't join us today, uh, but he will be back next week, is, and I think Ange Postacoglu agrees with Colin, is that Stephen Welsh was the guy. I think back to, remember Beaton get sent off at Ibrox? And there was the, there was the uh, argument that we did have cover. Yeah. We could have closed it down. I think it's a wee bit different with this one. And I was going on about body shape and position and the fact that Joe Hart was not only about 25 yards from goal, but he wasn't in the centre of goal. I do think it's a clear goal-scoring opportunity. Amy, oh, over oh, to you. Yeah, yeah. It's a sending I, off. So, sorry, so is Colin... Because I, so Angie's a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure. So is Colin saying this because I'll just go back to Colin. Does Colin think that it's not a red card? Yes. Colin and oh, I, were going to have a Colin. right good debate. We're going to have a right good ding-dong <laughs> today, but he's not, he's not here. No, it's... Um, Stephen Welsh only comes into the picture when Cal McGregor's actually already tugged Tierney. Um, and that's how you can sort of... That's, I assume, is where you're like, oh, look, he's about to cover. I because McGregor's already hauled the boy back. Yeah. Uh, and he's already, you know, no 10 yards where he was going to be. Um, no, it's a definite red card. Uh, and I under, understand, and just obviously not want to come out and say... Yeah, right, okay, it's a red card, but I actually would because I would just come and say, well, you know, that's probably as good a red card as you can receive. You're also not injuring the player in any way. You know, you're just hauling him to the deck. You're not, like, you know, raking your your studs down the back of his calf or anything like that. It's a fantastic red card to take. And that's what I mean. It could be, you know, season-defining, league-defining, whatever you want to say. Um, 
for anyone who doesn't, you know, if that is the other way around, if that's Kyogo, you are going absolutely berserk. We would have spent the whole hour speaking about it today, wouldn't we? Um, and I know people are going to compare it to the Ross County one, but there's no comparing because they're exactly the same. It was just a howler. So, you know, Don Robertson shrugs the shoulders, which is just laughable. It's so, it's, I was going to say something that I probably shouldn't say. Um, yeah, it's just a terrible decision. But there's no comparing because they're exactly the same. Yes, they've not had the same outcome, but they should have. And it is a red card. It's a it's a fantastic one to take. Uh, would be you'd be furious if you never because you know you can see it. You can see the danger. Um, but yeah, it's it's Welsh isn't getting there. Come on, Colin. Come on, Andy. Colin will be back on to defend himself. Hopefully, he'll come on for the match day on Wednesday night. On. <laughs> um, James, what's your take on it? Because you know, as soon as it happens, I'm thinking it's a red. Then you're watching all the playbacks and you're watching the replays, and exactly what Amy says. That example at Ross County just shows how bad a refereeing is because that's as clear a red card all day as you'll see at Ibrox. But you know, that's where the issue lies. I think that's where the frustration lies. Um, and, and, you know, had it been Kyogo running through on goal and the Motherwell player brought him down, I'm not convinced Celtic would have got the red card. I don't think Motherwell would have had a player sent off. And that's the issue. But it was a red card, right? Yeah, I'm fairly certain that was a red card. Cal McGregor took one for the team, as he said. But it's one of my favourite things in football when it works out well. A tactical red card, just taking someone out, taking one for the team. When the team goes on to win, it's, it's hard to find something better than that in football. Yeah, it's like the guy on the line saving the ball, giving away a penalty and getting sent off. Um, there's a glimmer of hope that your your goalie might actually save the penalty kick. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Some of you are still talking about the old 90s uh, European endeavours Neuchatel Zamax was at Celtic's Pearl Harbour. Zamax were actually managed by Roy Hodgson at that time, um, who went on to manage Inter Milan and Liverpool. And he's still in the game, isn't he? Roy Hodgson's still managing. Did he I think he retired and that was aye and that was, was that like a big, beautiful moment aye. Yeah. I mean some, some of the memes are tremendous with, with Roy Hodgson as well uh, talking about you, at some point he managed Watford didn't he and you see um, Big Bio scoring aye, for Watford yeah. at the weekend Wow, bring back back. No, you're all right. No, a club in England, Roy Hodgson's no handsome sort of affiliation. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and, and you know, go through a manager every six weeks. So I yeah, that. unbelievable. You certainly wouldn't take that. And by the way, we probably should have a list. I saw that. Was like, what was that, mate? It was like Watford have more managers in the last ten years than West Ham have had in about sixty uh, years. It's or mad, something like that. It's mad, that eh? might even be in West Ham's history. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, they're going for the old Hibs uh, kind of approach at the moment. But we could probably have a list of the, the English teams behind us um, on the Axon Bulletin and just score them off. Uh, what we had so far: Leicester. Uh, Wolves and Brighton, teams that Ange is going to leave Celtic for, and you know, we'll probably end up with about a dozen by the end of the season. Alan Robertson, Dynamo Batumi, if you were at that game, you're one of very few fans who were away from home, that is. And um, the programme for the away leg is one of the most rare Celtic programmes of all time because uh, there were so few players and, uh, sorry, so few fans at the game as well. But I don't know if it was too early for Paul the Tim, but there was a few fans who made it to the game, that's for sure. We've spoken about the sending off. Some interesting comments from Chris Julian. I had a wee look at the uh, interview that he did um, over the weekend, talking about the relationship, first and foremost, that he had with uh, Ange. I think it was Facebook status. It's complicated between him and Ange. Um, but 
what I found interesting was he was talking about Angie's approach to video um, analysis and the fact that it's, it's like a game of chess, James. So we're learning a wee bit about Ange all the time, but he's looking for weaknesses and he's looking to exploit those weaknesses in uh, the, the other side. And I think that so far, and you could probably say the same about last season, um, it's faring pretty well in Europe, isn't it? Particularly away from home. And I think that that kind of analysis, um, it doesn't surprise me, but it's the first that we've heard about Ange Postacoglu embracing, you know, video technology to try and, and uh, you know, breach any kind of defensive systems that a team might have. Were you surprised at Julien's comments and um, are, you, are you growing to love Ange the more and more you find out about him? Yeah, it was good to hear what Julian was saying in the media. As you know, I led the campaign for Christopher and Julian to stay at Celtic all summer just from a leave in the last two weeks. But... Uh, it's, it's good that Ange is using the, the sort of video footage. It's, it's the way football is going. It's, it's the right way forward. That's how you should be scouting teams. Show your players the actual footage. This is how you attack this team. This is how you get in behind. These are the players to watch. This is what they can do. Because there's no better example for a team to see before they play someone than the, the actual video footage right there in front of you. Yeah, definitely. I, I was talking again to a football coach who... I was asking them about this, Amy, and how uh, effective it can be. I mean, and the response I got is that some managers buy too much into it so that, for example, the presentations they do are too in-depth because um, you can't give too much information to individuals. And I don't mean footballers because they don't have the capacity, just anyone. You can't give, you can't overload them with, with information because then they're second-guessing a lot of their own kind of instincts on the park. However, if you give them enough in terms of weaknesses, etc., it can be hugely, um, you know, differential in terms of the performance and the outcome of the game. How impressed are you that that Ange has got this as part of his um, his game plan as well? Yeah, there's certainly um, there's no excuse to not have it in any kind of capacity because you know it's the world is your oyster. You know, there's all these like platforms. You know, I'm on a few of them as well, and you know, you literally it breaks it breaks it all down for you. You don't even actually need like I'm not the techiest person in the world but if I want to go and look at right, this individual player's crosses I'll get like just all the crosses he's had in that game and this software this platform does it for me don't want to promo it because I'm not getting an advertisement for it um, but it's like there's all of these I, there's, there's no reason now why it can't sort of be a part of it but you're spot on because you can get lost in a, in a like a rabbit hole with it you can be on it until like three in the morning and it's like tiktok you don't know what you were doing beforehand because you just get so intense in it um Amy, and I, think, I am not on tiktok oh you need to get on tiktok i'm not on TikTok, on tiktok and i'm not on instagram Literally, they're too I'm cool for me man oh, i'm not on, i'm not on instagram either actually i'm not on instagram but i'm on TikTok. so so the, there you go right so i i don't have that um addiction that, that you're talking about so oh, I, i've got a tiktok addiction for sure is oh it not just God. all a lot of nonsense? Aye. James is laughing. It is. But James, you, you just keep watching, you can't stop. Who doesn't have a TikTok yeah. You can't, like, if the minute is you create an account well, or be a guest... You know what? You know what, right, right? Use that as an example, right? So TikTok, it's all about short, sharp, tiny wee bits yeah. of information, am I right? And yeah. and that goes to the, the point we're trying to make there about, you know, receiving information and retaining it. And we're now in a... I don't know if it's always been the way, but we're now in a situation where we're in an environment where every, everything has to be almost instant gratification, move on to the next bit, move on to the next bit. So you can't overload the players with, 
with instructions. You've got to try and keep it as simple as possible. But if you can see it in plain sight in front of you on the video and you're identifying this is what this defender does wrong, if you approach it like this, it's going to create the opening. I think fantastic. And, you know, it was uh, one of these things, I think back, you know, video, it's not a new thing, is it? They used to do it back in the day when European travel wasn't as, as simple as it is now. And yeah, they might go and see a game away from home, but also they were relying on games and, and sitting there and watching it and trying to identify what the opposition was doing. We're coming up, we're actually over an hour. Thanks everybody for getting involved. 500 strong. Uh, you may not have watched it at the beginning, but we did announce earlier on that Brian McClare is going to be our first guest in January for Axom Live at Gracie's. It's a live event like no other. Um, it is sold out before we even announced Chalky. But um, if you're interested, click on the link underneath this video and we will let you know when the February one is going to be announced. We're going to have a different player every single month and it is a wee bit different. Also, we're up for a football content award. Um, we like to show what we've won on the right-hand side of the screen there because it triggers the right people. We're up for another one. We've been announced... Um, recently has been up for the Video Creators Award. So if you want to vote for us and uh, give us a great good night down in uh, Manchester, then vote. It's underneath again. Just click the link. And also one final thing that uh, we like to help the people that, uh, you know, help us. So we've got uh, someone to plug here, Amy. We like a bit of music on the show here and there. Um, and we're going to plug this big fella here. This is Bems. Look at that retro way kit. He's a good guy, Bems. Bems came to our launch up at um, Edinburgh. He played at our launch. He, he DJed and he's been working with Dictator as well. And as you can see, he's got taste. Um, he's up for a, a Say Award. So he's up for the um, Album of the Year in Scotland. So all you need to do is visit him or me or Axom on the socials and click the link. Give him a wee vote. Um, if you desire because we've got some amount of talent coming through in Scotland Amy's pal Brooke Combe uh, who obviously is absolutely smashing it and what I notice about all these talented individuals is they're all Celtic fans incredible um, so there you go thanks everybody for getting involved we will be back tomorrow uh, with the troops Natasha won't be on because she's maybe going to be somewhere else watching a football game no um, way Natasha on a plane I'm not on it no way God. well yeah there is an award actually uh, on the, the, the chat group for anyone who can travel further than Natasha in a pre-season um, I mean she was getting around more destinations than Jota in the pre-season just passed so we will have a we'll have an Axon team of sorts tomorrow and uh, of course we will be back for the game on Wednesday night thanks everybody for getting involved and thank you to James and Amy for joining me once again on a Celtic State of Mind What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. But losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. 
Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.